you know, except for us, everybody's remote. I mean, I guess we're remote too right now. Yeah, we we live we're two remote. miles away, but we're remote. <laughs> One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. And we're back. All right. Yeah, we were just mid conversation. I feel like every time we get on here, we start talking before we hit record. And then a bunch of what we say is like, why don't we just record it? So we're going to do that next time. Next time, just immediately start the recording and we'll just start talking about what we think we might want to talk about. By the way, I don't, I wonder if other podcasts like prepare more than we do. We get on at like, what time is it? It's 8 48 PM after we put our kids down because it's like the only time we can do it. And we literally have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we. I guess in the early days, we had a little bit more... And when we have guests, I guess we try... We put a little more thought into it. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? It's part of it is just like we're constantly thinking about things and mulling things over and executing stuff. So we're just going to talk about that stuff. I well, guess. yeah. I mean, when we... What I kind of wanted to have or what I just sort of like imagined this being when we started was like back when we used to get coffee with people and like do stuff like that, you know other entrepreneurs we would like have conversations about random stuff and like it's kind of like i would assume it's kind of interesting for other people that are also maybe building companies or whatever but they're like very casual but they're like good conversations about good you know interesting topics that we all sort of run into eventually so that was kind of the idea it's like how do we just like start how do we just sort of like have a normal conversation where it just sort of leads into random stuff so yeah, we don't really give it much thought, but maybe we should. I don't know. I'm assuming the popular podcasts probably give it a little bit more effort. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we've said this before. I think it's also different in some ways because we're in the same business together. I think a lot of them are people from different places. So they have like updates for each other. Whereas like we mostly know what the other person's doing already. So it's a little different. We need to do like a remix or something where we like switch it up with like some other podcast. And like, we, oh, like, like a crossover, like a feature. Crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like more than like one, like we do it for like a series, like, I don't know, five in a row or something. Are you breaking up with me? Yeah, I'm trying to get you off. <laughs> thing. I've already tried multiple times. Okay. Well, the yeah, there guys. was a period where I just didn't come. Maybe <laughs> thought, maybe people thought the band broke up, but we're back yeah. together. So no. <laughs> well, I guess before we hit record, you brought up that you were looking at pipe again, kind of just poking around, seeing what, what they're up to pipe being, I don't know what their tagline is, but like the turn your SaaS recurring revenue into upfronts investment instruments for other people and we'll give you upfront money, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When we were back when, I guess like a year ago, when we were starting to look at, we started looking at some different funding options. You know, we applied to Tiny Seed, got in. So we were really like thinking about doing it. And so we were kind of going through those. So we wanted to like talk to other people. And then when the pandemic happened, we started talking to some people because, you know, we wanted to see like, shit, if this stuff, like if this goes very poorly, we need to have a backup plan. So anyways, we started digging that stuff and I had looked at it a long time ago. I think like right when they started and I had actually had a demo with, I guess I assume he was the founder. And at the time, the way it worked was they basically took 15%, you know, they would give you, so like if you had, you know, a thousand dollar a month, you know, contract with somebody, they would give you the full 12 month amount, you know, minus 15% of that. And they would take that as a fee basically. So, which was awesome because it's like, that's basically the same thing that we already did. 
like if we did an annual contract with somebody, we're giving fifteen percent discount. That's like what we just that's what we would do internally. But I was looking recently and I don't know it looks like they've sort of changed it a little bit. I don't know if you ever got in, but it was a little bit different before. Now it's more like like it looks like a like kind of like a stock trading platform. Yeah. I haven't been in it, but I guess that's what I've been I know I've heard it come up on other podcasts and stuff more recently and on Twitter and stuff. Cause it sounds like it's but my my original impression was like, hey, this company basically like makes money by taking your, you know, giving you upfronts and like making skim, you know, taking a little bit on on off the top for themselves. But what it sounds like it actually is is like they're like securitizing your revenue or whatever. So they're like creating investment opportunities out of your recurring revenue, which is pretty cool. Now they've yeah, they basically have they sort of have like it's like a marketplace. So I guess they have another side of the marketplace where people are willing to like, you know, for companies that have X, like I'll pay X for it. So now when I looked at ours, I don't know if everybody's I'm assuming everybody's is a little bit different in terms of like what the fee is. But it was basically like it had gone from like 15% down to like, I think around nine or 10% somewhere in between that, which is, you know, like I said before, that's like, since we were already giving a 15% discount for an annual upfront payment. Now it's less than that for the same thing. And I don't have to make that, you know, customer, like I don't have to cause any friction. Like I can just get it now. Like I don't have to go through some long legal process or like approval process to try to get that customer to pay up front. Like I can just get it now and it's, you know, it's cheaper. So it was, yeah, I don't know. Like I sent it to you. (laughs) It's like, this is kind of interesting now. Like now that it's getting cheaper, it's like, "Hmm, I wonder if we, you know, maybe some people would be like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, I'm going to convert all of our monthly subscriptions to, you know, in pipe, I'm going to convert them all and like take all that money. I think you can get up to like, again, I think it's different with every, depending on every business. But for us, it was like, I think we could get like up to like 100k up front, which is a big deal because we've never taken that, you know, we've never gotten that kind of money up front. So I guess the, when you start thinking about it, though, it's like, I don't know if I'd want to, I don't want to mess with that much. But like, I could totally see how, you know, this year, we have a we have a bunch of plans for different marketing experiments. So, you know, whether it's like some sort of advertising experiment or like whatever it is, but if we find that one of these is really converting and like really working and we're like, oh, let's like throw some, you know, serious investment at this. Like to us, serious would be like, I don't know, like, I mean, even like 10K would be. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) like we never spend thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly. But like you could say like, you know, what if we want to throw like 10 to 20K at something that, you know, seems to us had worked the previous time that we did it, but we want to like go in a little bit bigger. We don't have to, you know, we could just go in there and go, okay, which, which one of our subscriptions, you know, that we've been working with for the past, you know, year, two, three years, like we're pretty sure there's no way they're going to cancel and they're on a monthly plan. You know, you can kind of like, you can kind of de-risk the situation and just take that money up front for that, that given subscription and go like experiment on some different marketing things. Yeah. This is one of those ideas that when I first heard about it, I was just like, this is so, it seems so obvious now. I know. <laughs> like this is like, yeah, obviously we have all these companies that are making recurring revenue and they're already trying to sort of like find ways within the realm of the business to like package it up and get prepays and give discounts. I mean, which has other benefits obviously than other than just cash. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, this seems like, why didn't I think of that? 
I know. Like, I was just waiting till somebody else, like, when are other people going to do this? Or like, when is Stripe going to do this or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that is like the gorilla, you know, because like, they have everything, right? And they have, you know, they already have it. all that data. They already know how much everyone makes. And yep, it's exactly. Do you know who's doing it, though, that I just saw? I don't know if anybody that's listening knows. I'm sure they do. They've seen this person in startup land. But Nathan Lacta, Lacta. Oh, Lacta, the, I, yeah, the podcast you know I'm talking about? guy. I don't know. I don't know what his what his like <laughs> does, brand is, but I know I know who you're talking about. The guy who has the yeah. podcast that he like tries to get everyone to tell him his revenue, their revenue and stuff. Right. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> exactly. So him and then he's like, I call him like the product hunt guy because he just does like he constantly is do, like putting out products on product hunt. I think his name is like. Oh, oh, like Mumford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the am I shipping shipping products like every day, basically, or something. Exactly, and he's won that whatever their award is, Golden Kitty or something. He's won that award a bunch of times. Anyways, him and Lacta are like basically doing the same thing. Although to me, it looked like they were actually using Stripe's new like capital API, like on the back end. I don't know if that's what they're doing or not, but it kind of seemed like that's what they were doing. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't know. I can't remember what the product's called, but I saw that recently. And But yeah, I, I mean, there's no way that a bunch of companies don't start doing this because it's a total no-brainer. Especially the companies who are taking the subscription, like Stripes and, I mean, PayPal is, I don't know what they're doing, but like Paddle and who, I don't know what the other, I mean, I don't know who the other big players are, but any of the companies who already are the financial arm, you would think it would be a pretty yeah. easy... I think this is a great thing, though, like for people like us or just any entrepreneur or SaaS entrepreneur, like it just seems like there's a lot of momentum driving towards cheaper and cheaper money. Well, and it's not just cheaper, but it's flexible, like with things like Earnest Capital, Tiny Seed, whatever the other one is, Indie, Indie VC. So it's like, okay, that's a sort of hybrid between like traditional VC with like founders in mind type of stuff and then you on the other side you have like debt these are i don't know where this falls but it's like somewhere on that spectrum just more and more things are popping up that give you more flexibility more ways to bring money into your business that you don't have today without selling like 25 percent of your business or something well it's it's not just that it's like so it's on the front side or like the getting getting the money to grow your business is becoming more flexible cheaper with less like baggage i guess you could say just like it's better for the entrepreneur and then on the the back side of that it's become like it seems like it's becoming there's a bigger market to sell your business even if you're like a small small business where you're doing like i don't know a few thousand dollars in mrr like you can sell your you can sell your business and not have to like pay some broker to do it I guess those are all related. It's just like the whole ecosystem is just maturing and like awareness and excitement and opportunity abounds. So it's people are finding new ways to fund and new ways to monetize and new ways to buy, like more interest in buying and selling and owning these things because because of like all of that stuff is a rising tide, I guess. But it is a cool time to be in the mix for sure. Well, and it's easier than ever to easier and cheaper to kind of like get something off the ground and grow with a smaller team and like grow cheaper. I mean, that kind of goes into what we were saying before, but we were just talking about that too. Like at our, the last company that we were at, you know, it was fairly expensive. I mean, we, 
we took money up front. We didn't start this business, but the founder took money up front. Like, I don't know how much it was, but I think it was like seed money. 200. Yeah, let's say. Well, let's I don't say even know. Seed money doesn't mean anything anymore. I feel like seed rounds. I just see random products that I'm either like looking, just coming across or I use. And it's like, what are these? I mean, Pre-seed. it's the name game of like, what is the round called? Pre-pre. But yeah, it's like pre-seed, $10 million. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What was in the old days called a seed round or like an angel round, I guess, something like that. It's getting, yeah. I mean, you would think they give up a lot for that, but like if they didn't, you know, good for you, I guess. <laughs> like if you got like, $10 million. Good for you for as long as you know what you're doing, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it's like we, I mean, we're, you know, on our way to a million dollars in ARR and we hit a, you know, I don't know. I don't remember how long it took to hit a million at our last company. But we had like a pretty big team of like engineers, salespeople, customer success people. I mean, we we had like business units. You know what I mean? Like we had we had like a pretty like baked yeah, out thing. departments, I, if you will. Yeah, I, I want to say we were maybe I don't know thirteen to fifteen people. Is that? Do you remember that? Is that about? That sounds we directionally close. Yeah, like in that ten to twenty range somewhere. And all these people were in Atlanta. They were all you know, salaried benefits, like everything what you would expect. Right. So, you know, we're not quite, you know, we're not to a million yet, but we're on our way to a million and we're still, you know, it's like a totally different scenario. Like we've done it so much cheaper and we've, we didn't take any money up front. And, you know, so we, we obviously own it all, you know, we have a different, like a totally different kind of like team in terms of, like everybody's, you know, except for us, everybody's remote. I mean, I guess we're remote too right now. Yeah, we we live we're two miles away, but we're remote. <laughs> yeah, so we're remote, right? Like we have a number of, of folks working for us that are contractors because they're abroad, you know, so it's like just like a totally different, it's kind of crazy that we can, that we've been able to, I'm not like saying we're like these crazy experts on on doing this. Because a lot of that is just the evolution of this, of the world in what, five, six, seven years, because now, especially, I mean, I guess relative to a lot of traditional businesses, even we were ahead of the curve of being like a small distributed team, but obviously we're not the first people to do that. So it's pretty cool. Like how little cap for something like us where it's B2B SaaS. So you're going to make some, like your deal size can be like sufficiently high, assuming you can get someone to buy your things. And the cost of building some basic tools is relatively low. Like you don't need and you have like basically no inventory. You have almost no fixed costs. So it's it's a good time to be in the business. COVID notwithstanding, yeah, sure. I guess. Did we already talk about the crowdfunding thing? Was that the first thing we talked about? Oh, no. About? Yeah, that was the other thing that came up. <laughs> so that's like this another is us thing. Just now, the, the, the podcast has just become us telling you what we talked about right before we hit record. I'm three, <laughs> I'm three drinks in. And we already forgot to talk about which uh, drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> what do you got cooking over there? So the only reason I'm able to get to three drinks is because I have a, a new drink that is far less alcohol percentage, but it's called How. We'll make it up on volume, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, hey, it's so, less yeah. alcohol. I'll just have 12 of them. <laughs> Perfect. I drink the whole <laughs> Yeah, that's basically what I'm doing tonight, which is probably not good. So yeah, it's called How's. Have you heard of that? I think I've seen it on like Twitter or something. Yeah. If you have like a social media app or like Instagram or something. I feel like Insta would be the place. Campaign. I don't really find myself there ever but like that would be 
I saw the branding and it's like, it feels very Instagram oriented. Totally. It's very cool yeah. looking. Yeah. Another moment where I got Instagrammed yeah. is what I call it. It happens to me. It's all like the, time. the the DTC like branding hotness, right? I mean, the number of things that I'll I'll buy like I literally just bought floss that just looked cool because I needed I needed floss, and I'm like I could just buy you know oral. What is it called? Or I could buy cocoa floss, which is what I just oh bought. Gosh. Not a, this is not a podcast advertisement, so I have it's not like gotten a, it yet. I will. I will. It's like a matte, like a matte black, like no, it's like it's like tropical. You know, it's like pinks and. Oh yeah, of course. It's cool. Pink, like a little bit of green on on like a bright pink. Is yeah, like, that's it's a cool. And they have like flavors, different flavors and stuff. So I don't know. Hopefully, it actually works as floss. That's <laughs> it just breaks every time. Yeah, you it's try gonna to be like the crappiest floss in the world. So we'll see. I'll report back. But so, yeah, like I, I get things. I get Instagram. I'm like I'm a sucker for some of these like Instagrammy like ads. I just got another thing like two days ago, where you it's like this. It's called Mini Me something. And it's this little like backpack thing that you put, you kind of strap on and it, it's sort of like behind your head, like raised up. So like, you know, you've probably taken your daughter or whatever and like put her on, you know, on your shoulders. It's like doing the same thing, except for there's like a legit seat like that's there. So now I don't have to like hold her legs or anything. I can just like <laughs> strap her in. Yeah. No. It's the number, how often, the number are, how one often are you doing it like what well hold on it's the number one it was the number one invention on by time magazine that's also what they told me in the yeah. end did i did you look at like i'm wondering what like who <laughs> else did they evaluate no. like what it looks awesome it's like from sweden or something was it it's like the asterisk is like it's the number one invention for shoulder writing and look at it it's like mini some, me what a week mini mini me is right, dot I'm, com i'm, I'm gonna look i think up. or maybe it's dot is i think it's dot I think it's is.com. Yeah. But anyways, so I, I got that thing. There was another thing. I almost got like a bird feeder. That was a terrible idea, but I didn't do it. Tony wouldn't let me. It was like $150. So yeah, that's, yeah that's I'm, a, cool. I'm a sucker for those. There's two things. I'm a sucker for that. And I'm a sucker for this one guy that's in Atlanta. You, I think you know him. I'm forgetting his name right now. But Luke, do you know that guy? Luke, Luke Beard. He's like another bootstrapper. He's like a super successful bootstrapper guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Luke Beard? Oh, he, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He works Exposure. with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs a company called Exposure. Anyways, I guess he's like an influencer or something, or at least he influences me because he gets these products from some of these companies. And like, I've bought like three things that he, <laughs> that he like basically like pitched with his fancy photography. I got the Van Moof. He had that first. I got these like little lights, Casper lights next to our bed that he adver- basically did like a little like advertisement on his Twitter account or something. I'm like, I don't know what it is. He doesn't even know this either. If he's, he'll never <laughs> probably look for this, but like, well, we'll have to add is, mention him when we put it out there. Cause yeah, he should be, he should be getting paid for his efforts here. If he's not, he is currently building this running app. You would probably like it. So it's like this, like it's probably for iPhone. Kind of like, if I were to guess. I'm probably disqualified from using it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But it's basically like, you know, his thing is all about like being photo first. Like exposure is like a blog, but like photo first. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, exposure.co. Maybe they, I don't know if it's .com now. I think it was .co at the time, but. I think it's .co. Yeah. It's kind of like medium, but for photos. Medium before it sucked, but for photos. It's pretty popular too. Like like photo oriented 
And I know a lot of, at least the last time I was really like looking at it, a lot of sports teams, like pro sports teams had, had pages and stuff and they'd post a bunch of like extremely high res, like really cool photos up there. And do, it's like photo stories, basically. Pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. But he's doing something similar, but for like a running app. So that I think you, I so don't know like, if you use Strava or one. Yeah. It, it's like Strava. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. It's like, you know, the map on Strava after you do it, like it shows a little map and then you can also take pictures and like that can be your other option in terms of like what you show if you were to share it, yeah, which yeah, I know exactly. you never have. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> I have, but you, I, I do it for data, it. not for sharing. So it, it mixes it. So it, it's basically like it's whatever cool like photo and there's all these different like things that you can do and filters and all these, you know, it's basically like kind of Instagram meets Strava. It's pretty cool. All right. It looks it looks cool in the pictures. It's still like some kind of like I think it's in a beta or something. So he like shows, I guess, the beta users different like photos that they're doing. Have you used it? It's pretty cool. Or no? Oh, no, I signed up for the beta, but I guess no love. for. Yeah, Yeah, I'm thinking like (laughs) it feels like something you could build on Strava. But maybe I'm maybe I don't understand. Like, hey, like use our app and something, something, something or or maybe like suck the photos in from Strava. But I I think I read that that was yeah, that was like his original. That's like what he wanted. And it just like you couldn't do it. I'm always like I'm always allergic to the concept of like becoming the place people go out of habit because I just feel like that's such a hard place to be like hey instead of that thing you always do when you go for an exercise like do this thing right it's just well maybe it, maybe it, it works maybe it does get like high adoption and high retention i guess but it might integrate with strava for all i know i mean i don't know maybe it like sends the data to strava and then like the picture stuff like you just keep it there and make your pictures look one day cool. in 2024 when they release an android app i'll i'll try it out and see if it does <laughs> or maybe never it might be like I feel like he's like in the design, like in the design crowd, iPhone app is the way to go. Obviously, like just also just general like willingness to pay and stuff. But I did pull up this mini me, mini me is or whatever, however you say this thing. The way you described it was, I guess, accurate, but it made me think of like instead of a shoulder ride, but I guess it's more like it's supposed to be like displacing like the like the traditional like hiking backpack for kids type of thing, I guess. It's sort of like a version of that. Is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a way to not have to, like, hold your kids. It does say Invention of the Year by Time Magazine. See? It stuck with me, right? It helps me justify doing it. I'm also a sucker for anything that's, like, like dad-related. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, some, like, like parent gear. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like dad gear all of a sudden. So I often go to this website called Fatherly. And I look at their like gear section and I'll just like look through just like whatever they put out that week. And I'm like, eh, no, this looks cool. Or it'll be like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> That's where I, I fall for that stuff. So too. I'm going to keep going back to this. So I'm still looking at pictures of this, <laughs> of this invention <laughs> of the year. So you throw the kid up there and then it looks like there's a buckle across the stomach and then there's like ankle straps. Is that, is it pretty easy to do or is it kind of like cumbersome? I have no idea. I don't know. I, oh, I, you haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten oh, okay, it. You okay, know. I missed that. Okay. I li- I bought it like. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a, a, a we'll circle back on the floss and shoulder carrier thing. So yeah, stay tuned. This is like we're doing like reviews now <laughs> yeah, for no. random. We're just meandering. Online. The drinking may not be helping the the cohesion of this of this podcast, but we're just gonna roll with it. I think I think reviews on like random products is actually like, like I, f- I feel like people would 
I want want to hear. It's that. kind of fun to hear what people especially what people if, use. If Luke Beard was like <laughs> telling me what I should buy, yeah, your, your trusted source today, of products. Today he got the. This is now sounding you, creepy. Yeah. If he ever listens you to, it. to but like on Twitter, I saw today he got the whatever this like super cool premium matte black little shack that you can put in your backyard to like work from. I don't. It's oh, just I like actually did. I did see him posting like in progress pictures of that like last week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one so of those anyways, like, sort of that's the next one ship. Yeah, that's like the, the IKEA yeah. of backyard modular office spaces or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't Maybe. know. Yeah. Anyways, on that topic, well, you never finished. The, yeah, the drink. I think we got off oh, the yeah. rails here. So the drink, yeah, house. So it's basically it's called an. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but aperitif is the like alcohol type, which to me kind of tastes like mead. If you've ever had that, yes, only like once. Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of like a like a sweeter wine is the way it tastes. And they obviously ha- they have different flavors. I tried to get one that was the closest resemblance to whiskey. Tastes nothing like whiskey. <laughs> it's like they put cinnamon in it and they were like this is this is like whiskey. It's not at all. Anyways, so it's I think it's 18% alcohol, so kind of like again, kind of like wine, but the way that you drink it is like less like you would drink less in wine so it's meant to be like sipped like like you're sipping a whiskey with like an ice cube in it you know two ounces or something but it's it's only 18 percent of the two ounces that you're drinking except for i've had three of these already yeah there goes that theory <laughs> so yeah yeah also i didn't know so this episode of, of made with grit landon will say products i will google them and find the websites and talk about them so i pulled this one up i didn't realize so it's h-a-u-s like house in like german or whatever that is but i didn't realize that is a top level domain so it's actually drink.house that's pretty cool we got to think of something to have that as our top level domain that's a pretty drink that's atlanta. a pretty solid we'll have that drink atlanta.house for some reason. <laughs> the first domain we bought when we started this business that's actually a funny story was drink atlanta is it drink atl yeah drink uh, also I'm not going to talk about this product, but you might hear my keyboard in the background because it's super loud. So do not go to that website. <laughs> I just went to drinkatl.com. That's not a thing. Is that it? Well, I don't even remember if we have, <laughs> if we still have something here. <laughs> Drink Atlanta. It, no, I think, yeah, I think we, we I think we, it. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it oh, didn't renew or something. Anyway. Bummer. We're making so much money from it. But anyways, that was the first domain we bought because we thought we were going to need to create like a publisher site, like a content site in order to test Google's DFP product with the product that we were building. None of that ever worked out. And we ended up just making a site with a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of like cocktails from around Atlanta and like writing little like snippets of like what, what the cocktail was and like whether it was good or not. And then we let the domain expire. I yeah, guess. apparently didn't, so, didn't catch, didn't catch on, I guess, but I still think it would be cool if we did have that, but maybe next time. Yeah. I guess we can just go get it. I'm sure no one's like dying to get that. Yeah. Well, I mean, having a media that site. I mean. Oh, yeah. So that'd be cool. But maybe we aren't. Maybe that, that <laughs> particular topic wasn't the one we should have been doing, but who knows? Well, we are going to, we're going to sell shirts though. So anybody out there that wants a made with grit t shirt, last week, if you listen to the podcast last week, we were like, we were talking about, I don't know how that came up. We were like, oh, we should do that. We should like 
make a made with grit shirt and then try to sell it and see see what happens because like made with grit and then kind of have like the grits on there like it's kind of got the southern aspect like it could be a popular maybe kind of popular shirt in the south i mean popular if like five people wanted it i, I would consider it popular. popular that would be good enough for me. yeah five people who aren't for sure me you and our families i've already got two people that have said they'll buy yeah, it i think so it'll be i mean sure everyone's popular. like a, a sucker for a shirt if, if they have to yeah. pay for it obviously it depends but but we're having like we're gonna kind of splurge i feel like it's splurging a little bit but we're gonna have this guy this designer who's kind of a i guess he's kind of a well-known designer in atlanta because he does a lot of like you know some like the more popular kind of hip designer ford restaurants in atlanta he does a lot of their just kind of designs and branding and all this stuff so anyways one of our friends tj who was on the podcast in the past he got a shirt done by this guy and it was all it was like a very cool shirt so we were like we should do that (laughs) so here we are we're gonna do it I just emailed some. I emailed him today, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yep, it's happening. So, so it's it's happening. Will, so get ready. Step one is make it exist, and then we will figure out how to share it with the world, sell it. Yeah. So yeah, what are you drinking? Yes. So now that we're like forty five minutes in, I am. This is like the ultimate. Like this podcast is like saying something. Parentheses meander around for thirty minutes. Well, this is what happens when we stay on task and we do a weekly podcast, I guess. So I just have basic Old Forester with Fever Tree ginger beer. So I try to lighten it up a little bit and not make it too too heavy. That's it. Just a little Kentucky mule. Very cool. So taking another step back, I don't think we ever got into the crowdfunding thing. Oh, yeah. We (laughs) glanced on it. So yeah, I guess part of this is I also have no idea. I don't really know anything about this, but there's some regulation, something, something, something that's hitting in March. That's going to be like open up $5 million rounds, crowdfunded rounds, which is pretty cool. So I don't, I mean, it's cool. And I'm like thinking as a, it would be cool on, on the investor side to be like, what things can I suddenly become like a quote investor in for small amounts of money just for fun or, you know, cause I like a certain thing, but on the business side, it's also pretty cool because you can raise money from people, you know, people who already believe in your product, customers, whoever, basically. But I'm, I'm like, I have no, I mean, I also have no sense of this because we've never raised any money. So I don't really know like the, it just feels like the administrative overhead of on one hand, just collecting the money, which I'm assuming there's like going to be, if there aren't already ways to do that relatively easily, there will be, but also just information dissemination. And I mean, I guess it'll resemble like almost like a public Almost a public. It sounds like an I, like sounds like an ICO. Yeah, oh yeah. I like forgot those. <laughs> those didn't age well. But it's like I get like random letters in the mail from like Corporation XYZ. Like you have a shareholder vote that is you know it's like is it going to be like that? But 2020, so it's like or 2021, I should say. Like I guess I guess it'll it'll resemble a public company in terms of like how you have to manage it because you'll have like suddenly thousands of people that are shareholders who also I mean also they don't know what they're doing necessarily. Like obviously they, they know how to give you a thousand bucks or whatever it is, but they might not. It's not like you have someone who does this for a living. So they like know how to, they know what questions to ask and they know how to, I don't know, get distributions and do all the, I don't know, do things. So I guess that's like, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a, I guess a controversial rule, you know, in terms of like being an accredited investor, like the idea, I think that's 
presented about why that you know it needs to be a million dollars that you have is that it's like well you you know you don't really know what you're doing and like we're protecting you and like all that kind of stuff in reality you could very well know what you're doing and have way less than a million dollars there's a good chance that maybe you don't have any idea what you're doing well and also there's <laughs> and, people with a million dollars you have more than what they're doing. so i mean exactly. yeah and, and also and it might be like if that. you do have a clue or some sense you could probably make a few good bets and get a million dollars so yeah i think like i have nothing i have no like commentary on like whether this should exist or not but it feels like it should like i'm a fan of making things accessible to people and if a company decides to that they want to raise money from some group of people that have maybe even like raise you know 500k from a bunch of customers who are paying you know just chunks of small checks like that should be a thing you could do shouldn't have to like hunt down some specific person who you don't know or trust just because that's the way it works so well it keeps people out too it's like i mean i don't care how well you're doing like getting to a million dollars and i think it's a a million dollars in like net worth or something you can't count the money like you can't count the money that you have in your house like that's outside the like that that doesn't count so it's only money in other investments i mean not agree or disagree with the, the concept but like it probably makes sense to exclude something you're yeah. not gonna it's not like a liquid asset <laughs> not, right. like hey hey we kind of need that the rent came due and you got to sell your house basically but yeah yeah so that's out of the question but so having a million dollars outside of that like that's not i mean if you had you know seven hundred thousand, like that's ton you know, like that's a lot especially these days with like people that have debt and stuff with like student loans but like i don't know you should be able being to accredited feels like the wrong loan. term like I almost wanted to be like, hey, I don't care how much money you have, but like go take a test or something. I don't know. That would make exactly. more sense. Cause like again, there's people with millions of dollars that they just inherited or something that they have no idea what they're doing. Exactly. They probably would fail the test. For sure. Cool. That's our so, next yeah, business. So that's, we'll just do assessments for investors. There might be a business for that if this starts to open up and like maybe it even goes higher, right? Maybe you can raise like ten million dollars and everybody, you know, anyone can invest. There's obviously going to be some like bad like horror stories from this, like no doubt. <laughs> There's going to be somebody like unknowingly invested all of their money or whatever. Like, there's been a bunch of this happening with Robinhood, where people take they use I forgot what it's called, but there's like a term that you can basically take out a loan through Robinhood and then invest that money, and there's some interest rate on the loan. But like if you like all of a sudden people were ending up with like negative a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, and they're like, and that oh, I will God. say that's the that is the one thing about especially in this current moment with the froth of like the stock market. It's a little bit concerning. Like you don't want to make it seem like between the froth of the stock market and like the sort of hype around technology companies. It's kind of a scary time to be like, hey, anyone can do it because that's like you're almost inviting just really bad decision making from people like. Oh, if you found a bunch of companies that are crowdfunding, just like throw money away because you want to be like cool and be relevant and be, you know, a stockholder in a upcoming tech company or something like you don't actually know what you're doing. Yeah, I have people that I know that have reached out and they're like, should I put money in, you know, this cryptocurrency? And I'm like, dude, I know for a fact you have like $20,000 in credit card debt. <laughs> 
and you like and you have all this like medical debt and like all these different things i'm like what are you talking about like you don't even barely you could barely afford your yeah so that that it's like people who are gonna fall for the like the dream and the hype and everything like that's always scary but well they i mean it's the same thing as like i mean it's worse than this but it's kind of the same idea as like you know winning the lottery like there's like the lottery is made up of like in terms of the money that they're getting they're pulling in it's like made up of like mostly people that should never be spending that money on i guess though another it's an interesting comparison because i feel like at least to me there's sort of a negative connotation of lottery tickets like they kind of have this sort of like desperation to them like they feel like you're wasting your money whereas a tech stock feels like it has some romantic like romantic like I can be the next Mark Zuckerberg or like I can be sort of I can somehow hitch my wagon to the the Apple and Facebooks of the world or whatever and feel somehow like I'm part of the ride, which obviously if you buy Apple stock, you're probably fine. But when you're trying to pick the next big winner, it just feels like a you should probably just yeah, either pay off your credit card debt and your medical bills or if you don't have those, like just put it in like a mutual fund or well, whatever people don't, just like don't worry about it like you're going to be better off doing that than like trying to be savvy and being stupid well you have to compare okay what's my interest rate on this debt okay it's 10 percent, whatever or fifth probably more 15 percent, and then you're like okay what am i going to make on this investment on you know apple uh, probably you know let's look at the past like three years okay i'm probably only going to make like maybe like five or six percent on a yearly basis yeah, I probably should pay that debt off first. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's pretty it's simple, math. but people just don't. Well, also, even yeah, if you could, don't let's say you that. think you could double your money, like it's sort of gambling at that. Like now, now you're just like, exactly. hey, I lost a hundred bucks, but I'm going to go all in and hopefully get it all back. It's like, no. Well, that's what they're exactly. That's what they're thinking. It's like, well, what you know, it could be like a hundred percent, and then I'm like, then I can pay off the debt. This reminds I'm, me of a Family like, Guy okay. clip where Peter. Peter gets a, everyone in the neighborhood gets like a thing in their mailbox that says they want a boat. And so obviously it's like one of those things you have to like go and they pitch you like on some timeshare or some crap. Like you have to like sit through a bunch of stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like basically they're never going to give you this boat, but they get through all of it and he gets to the end sales guy and he's like, all right, it's time for, all right, you want your boat? He was like, oh, it's time for me to give you the boat or you could have a mystery box. And he's like, (laughs) I remember that boat. A mystery box and Lo- lois is like we definitely take the boat and he goes let's take the box it could any- it could be anything it could even be a boat <laughs> yeah. like, it's kind of that like it most like like bird in the hand sort of thing like just take the easy the easy wins with like known returns and i don't know i just feel like it's it's got you got to oh, yeah, ease you know what you're gonna you got to ease into like like if you have 5k that you don't care about and you want to like throw it around fine that means different things to different people. Like having 5k you don't care about for some people means like they have 10k total or they have 6k total or maybe they have 5k total. And for some people they have like I have a million dollars and I have 5k I don't care about. Well, it's like get debt free, get that out of the way and then cuz like if you do have debt and you gamble on the stock market or whatever it is, crypto, you gamble and you lose it. You lost money and you have yeah, more debt now. Trouble. Yeah. yeah, get your head above water <laughs> now, and then you, go from there. Yeah, if you just lose the money, at least that's all you lost. And it's like, I don't have to, I'm not like thinking also about like the debt I just accrued by not. I mean, this is also off. just clearly us. This is kind of like a peek into our, also how we run our business. But it's like, 
stay yeah. stay like dead dead is a tool but it's a sharp knife try to run things capital efficiency is is key get profitable like start making money it applies to the household i guess caveat this is not financial advice we are not financial advisors yeah well speaking of that of we are actually thinking of maybe getting our office back right yeah so i guess and it does feel like a deci- <laughs> it, it very much feels like a decision of like a luxury decision of like is it really worth it? Like, do we really need an office? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think we but shared this nice probably back one. when it was happening, but we had an office. So we started beginning, it's been what, four years since we started. The first two and a half years, we had no office and we would go to each other's houses for a while. Then we, we actually like... Basement. So not even well, a house. Like, we'll just sure. say basement. <laughs> and then we, we got like, we wiggled our way into the Calendly office. They were nice enough to let us work out of there for a year or so. Until they kicked and us then, out. And then like Basically. right as that happened, they were just growing like wildfire. And so we kept, it was like, we got to get out of here. Like there's no, they needed our desks for actual employees. So they had me sitting in a, the stairwell, like the fire escape stairwell doing demos. So we knew it was time for me to, like they told me I had yeah, to I wasn't, So Tope didn't, the founder, he did not tell me that, but somebody yeah, else so, who was no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> So around that time, I guess we started looking for like our own space and landed on a spot actually indicator, which is now very close to my house and all was always very close to your house and did that for a year. But then like the lease came up for renewal right as the pandemic was like becoming a, a reality here. So like March, April, May timeframe. So we decided to pull out and like get rid of the office. But now it's been another almost another year and I guess our exact space is becoming available just out of coincidence. Supposedly the person who's in it is moving to a bigger space. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, I definitely see the appeal of having like a same, almost the same evaluation as it was when we first did it. But it's like, I don't plan on being there like eight to five every day or something, but there's some value to having a place that you know is available that you know is there's like a desk and like your stuff, you have your monitor, you have your stuff set up and you can just pop in there for a few hours, get to a new get into a new environment and get some stuff done. And like, obviously for us too, we can like hash stuff out on a whiteboard if we want or whatever. Like there's stuff we can, we can do that remotely, but you know, there's other things you can take advantage of if you're in person. So, well, yeah, it was just like, I don't know. Some of it feels kind of like vanity, but I, I don't know. I just liked having, I liked having a space that was away from like everything at my house. (laughs) like all the kids and stuff like i could just go there it's clean and there's you know there's no again there's like no like toys there's like nothing you know because i always feel bad like when i'm here at my house we're lucky to have childcare, but like randomly we'll just like i can hear my daughter and i like feel bad that i'm like not spending like I'm yeah working. there's definitely like a way and i'm like to... how do i like i need to go yeah, talk to her like it's hard to even if everyone's agreeing, like now is your time to go be alone and work, it's still it's easy to get sucked into the the vortex a little bit. And I think that's a feature in some ways of being at home. But it's nice to have a place. And even if I mean, even pre having kids and stuff, like it was always something that I sought to like go if I was working from home for a period, like go to a coffee shop. It's always been a nice thing to have like some other place just to it's kind of like getting in the zone or well, something. And, yeah. It's and like, like, I'm here to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to be here for two, three hours and just like crush through like this to-do list and then I'll go home and like also draw some boundaries around like when I'm done. Yeah. 
there's definitely something to like when you're at home it's kind of hard to 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 like turn it on and turn it off like you're basically like i find it hard like i i don't know it's just easy to like walk into the kitchen and like talk to my daughter talk to my mom who watches her or like talk to tony my wife i don't know there's just like there's too many things to distract and like when when i have an office it's like you're just there to yeah, work totally and get some stuff done and i like i also liked having it because it's like downtown decatur kind of a cool like there's lots of like restaurants and like things to do and like you know you can go there work for like an hour and then go run around downtown decatur and there's like different places to run and then like just run back to the office and like keep working again i don't know just, it was just like i don't know it was nice to have and we did that particular year 12 months that we had that office was the most like value and revenue we've added to the business throughout the well, entire wait a second here <laughs> yeah that might be true yeah but it is true i don't have any idea it's definitely it not correlate yeah, i don't think way. it's correlated for sure but i don't think it's causal <laughs> but yeah i mean because even when we had it we were still going like we were still splitting time at home and stuff too so it does make me want like I've had this idea before where I'm like, it would be cool to have and maybe this is probably a thing that exists. So but almost like Airbnb for office space. Like it's I mean, we work in all those industrious and those things are our thing. But almost like conceptually for me it would be cool to have like, hey, you're a restaurant in my local town. You don't open till four. So like, hey, what if we like what if I paid you X dollars per day, two days a week? And I could like come in and work out of your space. And like, otherwise you're just, it's just sitting empty. Like nothing is happening and you're paying a lease. It feels like I'm guessing this is a thing that I think I found this once that was not in Atlanta yet. It was like making it's, you know, regionally a thing happening, but it feels cool too, because that would be like, you're helping local businesses, especially now, like you're helping restaurants and stuff that otherwise are probably struggling. Right. And, and you get to work yeah, in like cool spaces and cool. in, in city that you live in. So yeah, I think I saw something like that, but it, they weren't like utilizing space like that, though. They weren't like using like restaurants. The one, space the one that first made me think of it was the Beer Growler place, which is like a beer only establishment. There was one by our old house, and there's actually one in Avondale, so not too far from here. And it's like it doesn't open till sometime in the early afternoon, and all literally all they have is beer. They don't have food or anything. You can buy you can buy like pretzels, but they don't have food, and it's like. That seems like the perfect place. It's already set up like with tables, Wi-Fi, a bar. Like you could throw like a coffee machine and be done. I mean, honestly, you could probably just like you name your, you know, whatever cool restaurant you like and you know that they don't open till five. You could probably just go to their, <laughs> you could go to the restaurant right now in the middle of the pandemic and be like, hey, so I'll pay you like 200 bucks a month if you just let me like come in before you guys open during the week. Yeah. And like, just use your Wi-Fi. Like, I think it's, <laughs> I feel like that would work. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's a little weirder if you're like, Hey, I'm going to set up. I mean, it would depend on the place, but I want to have a monitor and a keyboard and stuff sitting on a table somewhere. I guess that part would get weird, but depending on where you, where it was yeah. and how you did it, I think it could work. So, I mean, also we would be supporting a local business by just renting this office space, but my, exactly. this thing was cool. Cause it's also like something fun to noodle on. Yeah. I like the idea of like leaving my like leaving my monitor there and like having my stuff there 
and not having to worry about it, which is what I like about the this other office. Yeah, I mean, that's but, a big thing because having going to a coffee shop, you do get the like context switch with like the, the environment change, which is nice. But you it's always like I'm going to be sacrificing my regular setup. So like, what is the trade off there? I guess that's kind of what Switchyards is doing because it's like we have coffee and we have tables and a cool environment and you pay 50 bucks a month and you can have unlimited coffee and you can come in whenever you want and like work on your machine but they don't have like monitors and stuff. yeah because you can't like if you have that model you can't really do it i guess yeah i don't know like i like the idea i actually would do that like if there was a switch yards close to us i would pay 50 bucks a month for unlimited coffee yeah i mean and, and like, that also kind of encroaches on like the gym membership problem where it's like, I mean, I think they actually limit their membership somehow, but on a given day, you don't really know. Like if you go to the gym at five o'clock on a weekday, I mean, this is pre COVID, but it's like good luck, like edging in on anything you want to be doing. So it's like, if you go, you just never know. Like, it's nice to know that like I can go and there's a seat and not only is there a seat, but there's like a, a monitor and a keyboard and everything just sitting there waiting for me. So I don't know. We're still mulling it over because it feels like obviously we don't it's like we don't technically need it because obviously we've done fine without it for the vast majority of the time we've been in business. But it is nice. And like you said, it's it's nice for productivity. It's also just kind of feels good to have like a place in the town, in the square to go hang out. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we used to use it all the time for we even recorded this podcast. There too. Yeah, we used to record the podcast there. We used to like we would pick up like food or like a pizza or something from one of the restaurants and bring like with friends and like bring it over to the office and just like sit there. We had like a projector that would, you know, you could play like ESPN or whatever up on the wall, like a hundred inches and just sit there and like eat pizza and hang out. And no one was there in the entire building. <laughs> so it's like your own space. Although I imagine it's a bit different now with like we wouldn't, be able to do stuff like that because and that pizza COVID. place is gone so <laughs> perfect <laughs> yep there you go i forgot about that yeah yeah so i guess we'll we have a lot of so the, the list of things we need to revisit coco floss the mini me shoulder carrier and are we getting an office and we have one big thing that we keep Teasing. mentioning yeah so we have something that's we just haven't been able to talk about yet but We'll talk about it eventually. And so we've got a bunch of things to. Yeah. Maybe in the next episode, on. we'll actually talk about what we're, what we're, what we're working on and what things are happening on the business side. But thanks for having drinks with us. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk again soon. All right. See you. See you.